0: Welcome back to the Grand Valley Community Church Podcast, a community of faith in Brandon, Manitoba. We hope this message helps you to meet Jesus and grow in faith. Today we're continuing our Marriage marriage Killers series, and we're going to be discussing Fighting Dirty. Um, just before I get started, if you have a device um, and the... U-Version Bible app, you could download it if you don't have it, Uh, but if you wanted to follow along, we have a few notes there, and then some questions that you can respond to and become a part of the discussion um, near the end of the service. And I want to let you know that if you are here and you're not married, rest assured that this message is for you as well. Everything we discussed this morning will be applicable to couples, yes, But if you have any relationship in your life, friends, family, or romantic, that you want to last and remain healthy, you need to learn how to manage conflict well. Disagreements in life are a guarantee. The difference is that in marriage, you've tethered yourself to that other person, And if I've learned anything in my 33 years, it's the closer that you are to a person, the more likely it is that you're going to have conflict with them. I like to say that I used to think I was a patient person, and then I had children. But really, I think that I first started realizing how little patience I had when I got married. It seems that previous to marriage, any time I had any sort of conflict or issue with another person, it was fairly easy to avoid. I could walk away. I could give the person or situation plenty of distance. I could cool off. I could decide I didn't care. All sorts of options were available to me. None of them had to involve fighting. And then, then there was marriage. <laughs> Marriage was like a pressure cooker. All of the conflict resolution tools I had thought I had didn't work as well as I thought they would because suddenly I was closer to the person I was upset with, my emotions were way more involved, and my life was tied to this person, things I had a tendency to explode. Full disclosure, I've yelled. I've thrown things. I've been so tired of fighting, I didn't know if I could continue. I'm embarrassed to tell you guys these things, because before I got married, I was convinced. Well, I didn't even think about it. I didn't think I was going to yell at my spouse. And I'm sure absolutely none of you have ever yelled at your spouse. But I want to be honest with you guys this morning. I most certainly don't have all the answers when it comes to marriage. I've only been at it for eight years. There are plenty more people that have a lot more experience than me. I am not a saint when it comes to fighting. In fact, perhaps the thing that qualifies me most to share on this particular topic is the numerous times I have epically failed at Fighting Fair. Now, my husband and I have both gotten way better at dealing with our conflict over the years, and I'm extremely grateful for our continual improvement. Because fighting dirty leaves scars. Conflict happens, it's a byproduct of imperfect people dealing with differences, attempting to live in unity. But wounds are what happen, they're what we inflict when we handle that conflict badly. They aren't necessary, and causing each other pain erodes relationships. The love and trust that relationships are built on are slowly chipped away when we aren't careful with how we deal with conflict. I want to have a quick aside here. As I mentioned, this message is not just for those who are married, but for all of us. This was highlighted to me as I was going through all the scriptures that were applying. I was going to apply to how we deal with conflict in marriage. And you know what stuck out to me? that these scriptures are not ones that are specifically about how we should be in marriage, but they're about how we should be as Christians. Just as we are told that when a man and a woman become one when they get married, we're told that we, as a church, are to be unified, are to be one. And just cause, as conflict can show up in all of our relationships, conflicts can come up in church. Church. And just as in marriage, there have been many times that conflicts in church have been handled badly. But as we discussed last week, as Christian, God is or wants to be working in us to create us into the people we were meant to be. A life filled with the Holy Spirit is different. It is meant to be different. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 13 as an example. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 7 say, say, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. This is a very popular set of verses. It's frequently quoted at weddings. But these verses are not talking about a natural love. This is not about the way we naturally are when we have lovey-dovey feelings for someone. These verses are about the supernatural, God-given love that Christ followers should have in their lives. God wants to bring about in us for our spouses and our kids and our parents and our bosses, for the people sitting beside us in this room and for the strangers that we come across in our lives. He wants us to have this for them. We claim to be the followers of a man who was God and despite that high station came down into the world, loved on the lowest of the world and died to redeem all of us while we were still broken and selfish and had no idea what was right. That is who we follow. Yes, we are imperfect people, but we have been given the spirit to guide us and to give us strength, including in how we love and fight. Because, as I've said, disagreements happen when you put imperfect people together. But we can be intentional about how we handle them. I don't know much about professional fighting. Very little. Except I have this weird thing that I really enjoy boxing movies. I don't like to watch boxing, but I love a good boxing movie. And when I think of our fighting styles in our conflict, I think of it as a bit of a, like the difference between a trained fighter and any fighting discipline who knows what moves are illegal what would end up permanently damaging his opponent or himself, and really, what the best moves are. And I compare that to perhaps a street fighter with no training, for whom anything goes, he's relying merely on instinct and habit, and for him, the chances of either party being substantially hurt increases because he's not trained. So because we know that fighting in relationships is bound to happen, are we training ourselves to learn how to deal with those inevitable conflicts properly? If we want to avoid injuring ourselves or our loved ones, we really should learn. So let's begin discussing some things that we do that increase the chance of injury in our relationships. One would be retaliating or threatening. It's an instinct for us that when someone hurts us or does something that we hate, we have a desire to retaliate. Have you ever said something just because you knew it was a sore spot? Is name-calling or character attacks a problem for you? Have you threatened to leave, withhold sex, betray a confidence, or threaten something else? Sometimes these actions are just a reaction. We're hurt, and that's our instinct. Other times, we're in pain or afraid, and we might do them intentionally because we want to see that pain. Either way, our words and our actions hurt and can cause irreparable damage. We are told in scripture that when a couple is married, they become one. Just as we as Christians are to be one. And our priorities, because of that, need to shift from purely selfish ones to do what is good for the relationship. Before we do something, before we say something, we need to ask ourselves if our words or actions stem from a desire to build the relationship up or to tear our spouse or whoever else down. In James 1, we are told that we must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. In Ephesians 4, verses 15 to 16, we are encouraged to speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Another thing that we may do that is classified as fighting dirty would be bringing up the past or holding on to resentment. It's kind of a cliche that if you're fighting with a woman, she'll bring up completely unrelated transgressions in the middle of a fight. I'll admit I've done it. My husband has done it as well, but I think I've probably done it more often. Either way, there are times that my frustration has been building over a number of things, and it's all coming out at once, or some frustration is making me think of past hurts and frustrations, so I pile them all on as evidence of you always or you never. The difficulty is always and never statements are rarely true, and it's really tough to beat a rap like that. Trying to maneuver in a relationship where your past mistakes are constantly rehashed and listed off is extremely difficult and demoralizing. One thing that helped me stop doing that is I imagined if my husband did it as often as I did. <laughs> and I thought of how discouraging it would be that I thought that something was done and then it would be brought up again and again and again. As I read before, 1 Corinthians 13 says that love keeps no record of wrongs. We need to let go of our record. In Ephesians 4, we're told, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, Forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. I really like the quote that forgiveness is not an absence of accountability, it's a refusal to let a past wrong destroy present relations. Clinging to things in the past does not improve my marriage. At all. It breaks it down. It is a skill that I think we need to learn to be able to clearly say, this was not okay, but just as much of a skill to be able to forgive and let it go afterwards. There's an often quoted scripture that warns us not to let the sun go down when you're still angry. I'm smiling as I tell you about it because it's frequently taken quite literally, and people like to give the advice that you shouldn't go to bed angry. I took it literally for many years in our marriage, and it led to many exhausted fights that never seemed to end. Lo and behold, I was reading a blog once and she was like, that's the stupidest advice ever. Go to bed, have some pancakes in the morning and discuss it after that. And I discovered, wow! (laughs) That improved our discussions immensely. For some of you, maybe you need to discuss it right away. But for other of us, if it's late and you're both exhausted, it might be worth it to call a timeout and table the discussion until you've both gotten some rest. If you need to write down some points so that you can fall asleep, that might be a good idea, so they're not continually running through your mind. That's totally fine. Fine. But it doesn't need to be taken literally, because this point of the scripture is that we can't let our anger control us by allowing resentment to set in. Don't let the sun set on your anger and then let anger be what you are left with. If you're angry about something and you don't work to resolve it, either with the transgressor or on your own, it can be a foothold for the enemy who enjoys nothing more than harming you, harming your relationship with God, and your relationship with others. Don't let your anger stew. Deal with it before it becomes something insurmountable, and work to forgive for your own sake and for your relationship's sake a third thing that we might do that falls under fighting dirty is failing to respect the other person and their motives i read a fascinating blog post recently in which the author who has quite a large following asked his followers for marriage advice because he was getting married and the post i read was the compilation of all that he had learned from the thousands of responses he received. He and his assistant had to go through it. Like It took them a long time to go through it. And they compiled it all to share what they'd learned. And one very interesting bit of information is that he discovered that those who had been through a divorce who, or who had only been with their partners for 10 to 15 years almost always talked about communication being the most important element to make a marriage work. No one denies that effective communication is important. But the really interesting thing was that with marriages going on 20, 30, or even 40 years, they didn't say that communication was most important. They said that respect was most important. We know that conflict is unavoidable. But the only thing that can save you and your spouse is a continuing respect for one another. The fact that you hold each other in high esteem, believe in one other, and trust that the other is doing his or her best with what they have. That makes a huge difference. If you aren't married, but want to get married one day, that might be a good note to file away. It's important to choose a mate that you respect, because respect will carry you through the seasons where neither of you are feeling the love. My husband and I experienced this fairly recently. We were having a decently sized disagreement with each other. And in the middle of it, I realized that we were both thinking that the other one was being incredibly selfish. And when I realized that that's what we were both thinking, I took a step back and I was able to say, hey, I know that our family is your number one priority. I don't understand this current thing that you want to do. But I know that you're always thinking of us. Even when I don't understand it. And then I reminded him that he knew the same thing about me. And he agreed. He did. And it's amazing that this fight that we were having that was so difficult at the time, once we acknowledged that and looked at it, it was like it dissipated. We still said, I don't completely understand this, but I trust you. Reminding ourselves of that foundation, our respect for each other, and our trust in each other's priorities, it completely changed our discussion. Respecting someone doesn't mean that you think they're flawless. But it does make it easier for you to make allowances for the faults that they do have. Do you think they are doing the best with what they have? That should affect your approach with them, with your spouse, and with other relationships. Ephesians 4, verses 2 to 3, it says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Doesn't that sound like it could be perfect for marriage? And it is. But this was written for how we're supposed to be with each other in church. How we are in our marriages should be an outpouring of that as well. That's just my aside. Again, okay, continuing on. (laughs) Other dirty things we do in fights. Belittling each other or minimizing each other. Belittling or minimizing someone's thoughts, feelings, or actions is destructive to them and to your relationship with them it's also the opposite of what we should be doing. Also in Ephesians, we are told that we should submit to one another. And as I was reading a commentary that discussed exactly what it looks like to submit, the author pointed out that it's less about authority and more about acknowledging others as more important than yourself. As I mentioned earlier, Jesus, even though he was God, came to earth and... Valued and showed respect to those who were considered even the lowest in society. We are told to love our neighbors as ourselves. When we dismiss or diminish someone's feelings, concerns, or thoughts, that shows that we value our own above theirs. The opposite of self giving love and humility that we are supposed to be exercising in our lives and our relationships. You don't have to agree with someone to let them know that you value them, their opinion, and their feelings. Something else that we do, I'm not sure if it's fighting dirty because it's not really fighting, but avoiding or ignoring the problem. Pretending there's nothing wrong and refusing to address issues can be just as much of a problem as fighting dirty. Jesus told us that if someone sins against, against us, that we should go to them privately and tell them about it. He didn't told it, tell us to hold on to it. He didn't tell us to get over it. He told us to operate in relationship and go tell them. Now, there may be some frustrating things that we should let slide. My husband likes to take his clothes off right beside the hamper and put them on the floor every time. I have my own things that I do. But those are really non-issues. We try to let them slide or tease each other mercilessly about them. But they're not things to fight about. But the bigger things, the things that really bother you, Those need to be addressed. Don't let them stew and become items of resentment. And if you try and you can't work things out, get help. Jesus was talking to his followers about relationships with other followers, but he said that if dealing with it privately doesn't work, go and get a few others to help you. If you are married and you are having difficulty hearing each other and working out your differences, see a counselor. There's no shame in it. Get the tools you need to fight for your relationship instead of fighting each other. It's an admirable thing to do. I also want to take a moment here to touch on the possibility of abuse. Everything I've mentioned so far this morning are fairly normal struggles for relationships. We can all be guilty of doing them or receiving them. However, if you're being emotionally, verbally, or physically abused, seek help. If you're consistently being beat down, and despite possible remorse on their end, nothing changes, seek help. Fighting is normal, but having your soul or body destroyed by someone who's supposed to care for you that's not, and I wanted to say that. That's not something that we ignore. That's not something, yeah, deal with it. If you need help, come see me. Okay, moving on. Here's the part where we get to hear what you guys think. My favorite part. I'm going to bring up um, any responses that we might have here. And we've got, can we have the questions up there, Allie? Allie? So if anyone wants to, you feel a little confessional this morning. What dirty fighting habit do you struggle with the most? I shared some of mine, so. (laughs) Bringing up past, I'm with (laughs) you. Bringing up past wrongs. We had someone respond on their phone. To match colors, yeah, that was bringing up past ones too. Anyone else? Oh, good. You're all perfect. That means you can help us with the next one. <laughs> what attitudes and practices have helped improve your fighting habits and instincts? Or what's your next step to becoming a better fighter? While you guys think, I'll share some of the ones that we got on our our, uh, phones here. As I have tried to avoid less, I have noticed my relationship with my husband grow stronger. I have witnessed too many breakdowns of marriages to let mine go the same way, and I need to put uh, put in 100% all the time so I know I have done my part. Someone else said, take a break, take some space for a bit, and then come back to it. Anybody else? What has helped you fight better? Fight with instead of against? Compromising? <laughs> This is going to sound funny, but I don't think Drew and I ever compromise. (laughs) One of us is like, okay, you do what you want. (laughs) But I like that, compromise. That's a good one. Anyone else? Yeah. Being generous. Instead of thinking about what you can get, you think of what you can give. I like that line about not being consumer. Being a relationship uh, not uh, you you feel like you did anything wrong yeah putting the relationship over the problem that's what you yeah and some yeah yeah <laughs> I like that too. Mm -hmm. um, That's Mm -hmm. Um, That's something I had to learn with Drew as well because Drew likes to go away, take some time and I'm like, there's a problem, let's fix it now and it took, I would say it probably even took a few years for me to get to the point where it's like, you know what, I can be fine and I can let him go off and know that we will eventually discuss it. Maybe sometimes I write it down because I want to deal with it right now he's not there. But um, yeah, I think respecting how the other person deals with conflict is a big part of it too. Yeah. Yeah. The perspective, effective, other instead of against each other. That was a big thing for me too. Our third question is: What steps can we take to encourage a culture of healthy conflict in our church community? I have difficulty with this one because I think we're pretty, either we're pretty healthy this way or nobody has any problems. (laughs) But how can we create a culture to help people realize that conflict they have in their relationships are okay or conflict they have with their family is something that they need. How can we encourage people that they don't need to be afraid of conflict but they need to learn how to do it well? any ideas being yeah, <laughs> mhm. <laughs> Yeah, being open and vulnerable so we can realize that we're not the only ones that struggle with this. Or someone else can realize that they're not the only one that struggles with this. We're all kind of normal, even though we seem perfect on the outside. We could be a little less perfect. Anything else? That was my big one. I am big on being vulnerable, being open and sharing with each other. Um, I've already been open about marriage and how I've had to learn how to fight better because I wasn't great at it. If you want a story that makes my husband seem like a saint and me seem horrible, it was like we'd probably been married for just over a year, and he was doing his thing where we were fighting and he decided that he needed to walk away. And I was mad that he was walking away, so I took my phone that was not a smartphone because it... was a while ago, and I threw it on the wall, and as my husband's walking by, he bends down, he picks it up, he puts it back together, he comes and he hands it to me, (laughs) and then he walks out, (laughs) and I was like, oh, I'm the worst person ever, (laughs) because even though he was mad and he needed a break, he was able to be like, I still love you, but as much as that makes me seem not the greatest, I like Sharing things like that, even though they're a little bit embarrassing, because I have lost my temper. And like I've said before, I got married, I didn't think that would be a thing. I thought I was like the most patient person in the world. Turns out, when I live in a house with lots of people, I'm less patient. I need more breaks. But we can be open. And I've had churches hurt me before, I've had friends hurt me in the name of the gospel because they thought they were being helpful. Luckily, I was able to say to them, this, I don't even know how to describe it. It was a very long letter that I had to give them about how what they did tore at me. And then when they realized it, they were able to say, I am sorry. I did not mean that. How could I be better if I'm ever in this situation ever again? I am such a believer in being open, in being vulnerable, in talking about our issues. Because it says in scripture that God is in the light. And I had someone share with me once that he confesses things because he wants no areas of darkness in his life, because he wants God to be in all areas. And that has always stuck with me. And I think that if I can share even my darkest things, God can shine through them. And he can be in those areas. So I'm going to pray for us and our fighting and our conflicts in the future. Um, And if you'd like to come back next week, Uh, Brian will be sharing on our last part of the series, which is selfishness. Lord, thank you for loving us in our, our imperfections. Thank you for Christ who is our example in how to love in all circumstances. I pray that you would be with us, that you would help us to grow individually and together. May we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message helps you to take the next step in your faith journey. If you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us Sundays at 11 a.m. For more information about us, visit gvccbrandon.ca.